of the Dutchman, the Celeste and Barnum's bride. There are stories of the horseman and the lady at his side. But the tale that chills my spirit more because I know it's true is the tale of Jamie Dawson and his crew. Yes, the tale of Dawson's Christian and her crew. Hello and welcome to the Remembrances Retreat mini-series, Lost Transmission. Stephen and Austin are your hosts, and I'm going to let them take it away. Hello. Hi. Uh, We did, well, we're doing, I guess this is the first episode, so can't really say we did. We're doing a sort of mini-series of episodes focused on Battlefleet Gothic. The, the ships, the weapons, the tactics, we're going to go into a little bit of fluff, we'll go into a little bit of rules, and we're going to have a good time. Here's hoping. But hey, there's a pandemic going on. What else do we have to do? It's true. Anyway, yeah, so we're going we're gonna to talk today just about kind of a general overview of the different classes of ship, uh, what they were used for in the heresy, what we like to use them for in-game. And then uh, if we do more of these, we'll probably start breaking down ships and weapons and all sorts of weird stuff. If anybody actually listens and asks us a question, we'll absolutely be happy to answer it. Between the two of us, we have pretty much everything GW or any of their representatives have ever written on the subject. Um, and I at least have playing for a long time. So, you know. no, I've been playing at least two days. It's true. I've yeah. got probably about two hours. Hey, yeah, that's still so, that's that's more than some people can say. Yeah, so you know, there'll be somebody new on the cast. So if we start speaking in a foreign language, Jesse can say, "Hold up, guys, what the hell?" Yes. All right. So uh, generally, classes in Imperial fleets, and for the most part, we're going to be sticking to Imperial fleets, um, as during the Heresy, there was no. Imperial Fleet, Chaos Fleet, both uh, sets of what is generally considered to be those fleets, were all combined in the Great Crusades Expeditionary Fleets. Mm-hmm. So for all intents and purposes, everything is Imperial Fleets. There are four general classes of ship to be found amongst the uh, fleets of man. It is the Battleship, the Grand Cruiser, the Cruiser, and the Escort. So where do you want to start? Small we'll start with battleships. Down. Battleships. Well, it's, it's everything mm-hmm, small to large. Could be. No, we're sticking with battleships because battleships right, are awesome. It's true. They are the coolest. Um, they these are the things that really sink home that this is a galaxy wide empire, right? Your battleships have crews of like two hundred and fifty thousand men, and like fire off 200 foot long torpedoes and be hit with 200 foot torpedoes. Like it is nothing. Yep. They're between eight kilometers and 12 kilometers long, which is huge. Yeah. I don't know what that is in miles, but (laughs) I don't don't know what that is in American, but I can do the math. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. Um, shoot. I mean, uh, it's about seven and a half miles. Is 12 yeah. kilometers. So between just under five and just over seven miles long. Yeah. So if you live in a particularly tiny town, if you went from one end of a retribution battleship to the other, you might no longer be in your tiny town. It's true. 
And if you live in somewhere big like New York, uh, you know, nice big built up city or London, if there's anybody over there listening to us, just drive in a straight line for about five miles. And th- these things are also wide, right? It's not just an eight mile long or five mile long corridor. Yeah, they're about they're, what a kilometer or two a beam as well, give or take. Yeah. So yeah, it's just a think lot. about that. If you're like driving along in your big city and looking left and right, and kind of everything you see, and then imagine that flying, and uh-huh. that's a battleship. Yep, and that's not even counting super battleships like Gloriana's or the Abyss class. Mm-hmm. That's a standard run-of-the-mill Imperial battleship. Yep, they are intended to form the line of battle, or if you're more like hard sci-fi, the wall of battle um, for fleet engagements, which is a step up from regular, uh, you know, 40, 41st millennium, new age, 40K, uh, Battlefleet Gothic stuff, where the cruisers are kind of the main line. In the Heresy, there are enough battleships and battle barges to be kind of the core combat element of the fleet and for there to be bunches of them. The Death Guard fleet that invades uh, the Coronid Deeps, for instance, if you want to take a look at a book number six, uh, it numbers over 14 battleships, which is a truly outrageous number of battleships if you're looking at, if you're thinking of it in game terms. Uh, most fleets in game terms only bring one battleship when they bring a battleship at all. Mm-hmm. And for for example, in the Gothic sector, so Battlefleet Gothic, the original game, supposed to be one of the massive naval combats of like that millennia of 40k, had a grand total of four Imperial battleships for the whole sector. Four. Uh, so yeah, it, it gets a little crazy with Battlefleet Heresy yep. and the Armada Imperialis. But it's yeah, great. Battle barges uh, fall into this class as well. And mm-hmm. in the same vein that Battlefleet Gothic only has four battleships, uh, most chapters only have one battle barge. But here we yeah. have the legions, which just have dozens of them. Yeah, I, I want to say, is it the uh, the Black Templars that have like four and they're just considered insanely, insanely wealthy about it? Yeah, uh, you got more than one like battle barge? Five, Ooh, yeah. you're fancy. You're first founding, second founding. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, They're a big deal. Again, for all intents and purposes, all of these things, like when we refer to a battleship, just throw battle barge right on in there. Um, mm-hmm. For the heresy, a battle barge is kind of a different thing than in the actual rules for Battlefleet Gothic. In Battlefleet Gothic, a battle barge is one specific type of ship that does... You know, has one specific type of stats, um, maybe two different layouts to the hull. Um, but in the Heresy, a battle barge is just any battleship-sized ship that Space Marines use. Yep. Quick question, right. guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If people wanted to follow along at home, what should they be looking at? Uh, we are in book three right now. Uh, extermination? Yes. Book three, Extermination, page 15. Okay. Yeah, that has a lovely little rundown of uh, the kind of overview stuff that we're talking about. Uh huh. Um, as further context, if you want to go back and listen to a Heresy Grad School episode, 
that is also pretty heavy naval based is uh, Dave and Jason going through the coordinate deeps. So if you want to look at that. Mm -hmm. Uh, The under battleships are kind of a halfway point between cruisers, which are generally considered the quote unquote workhorse ship of a crusade fleet. Um, But a little bigger than them, but smaller than a battleship is this, kind of wide variety, and no one really knows all the things that constitute this, but it's called a Grand Cruiser. Uh, They tend to be flagships for smaller fleets, and the ships themselves are, again, just heavier cruisers, or lighter battleships, if you like. Yeah, so, like, whereas a battleship traditionally, like, in-game, will have 12 hull points, Grand Cruiser has, like, 10. Mm -hmm. To a cruiser's 8. Alright, so they're... Right in between, um, and they're used for a whole bunch of different things. Generally, they're designed to kind of be able to do their own thing, whereas battleships are supposed to, you know, either be the spearhead of a fleet or be part of a line of battleships just trashing the enemy. Grand cruisers are supposed to be able to do things on their own, right? Or they're specifically designed to do one special thing really, really well. Yeah, they'll mount experimental weapons, they'll uh, carry large amounts of troops, in effect being a miniature battle barge. Mm -hmm. Um, They're supposed to go on real long patrols off by themselves. Uh, They'll sit in the back and they'll just pound the enemy with long-range guns. They've got all sorts of uses. Yeah, Uh, and these are also the things that would be, like, for a smaller expeditionary fleet that maybe only has, you know, 12, 20 ships in it, that'd be a Grand Cruisers, like, would be in charge of that rather than, like, a battleship or a battle barge. Um, these are also kind of the biggest thing you'd expect a rogue trader to have in Heresy. Uh, the rogue traders militant, when they're real fancy, um, have Grand Cruisers or what is also called a Galleas of War, which isn't actually a thing in Battlefleet Gothic because it's like a a Grand Cruiser-sized ship, but instead of extra weapons, it has slightly less weapons than a cruiser, or maybe about the same, and just a shit ton of cargo space. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Largely given over to to transport, although they still have a whole shit ton of guns. Uh, yeah. Within context, uh, the Exorcist Grand Cruiser out of the Battlefleet Gothic Armada book is probably the closest ship that we have in uh, in the original game that matches a Gallius of War. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do we got after that is uh, cruisers. And cruisers actually come in, much like uh, Grand Cruisers, come in a, a much wider variety. Uh, effectively, you have battle cruisers and heavy cruisers occupying the same displacement and tonnage and armaments. You have cruiser cruisers, which is just the catch-all for anything that has roughly eight hull points in game terms and um, can form up squadrons and support larger ships. And then under that, you have light cruisers, which are little baby cruisers. Uh, The Dauntless is probably the most famous light cruiser, but strike cruisers used by uh, the legions also fall under this category. Yeah, and for like for scale, so we were saying that the battleship is like five to seven miles long. These guys are comparatively tiny. Uh, they go from about 
four kilometers to six kilometers, so about two and a half miles to like four and a quarter miles <laughs> long. Your and drive again, to the grocery store in some they're cases. A kilometer, kilometer and a half beam. They just like these things are massive. Like it's kind of hard to wrap your head around just quite what's going on here, size-wise in Battlefleet Gothic. It takes a long time to figure it out. Um, for example, the basic gunnery range, just, you know, 30 centimeters is kind of the standard range increment for guns. That's where things are doing good work. That's about the distance from Earth to the moon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And to give you an idea, I guess, actually, for a, for a size, uh, if you take the largest ship at the time uh, of its sinking, which was the Titanic, not that big of a deal. It's a ship. It went to the ocean. Cool. If even something cruiser-sized was to sink in orbit and hit the planet, it is an extinction-level event. It's comparable to the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs. Yeah, actually. Yeah. That's, that's a good way of putting it. Uh-huh. In Void Stalker, the third Night Lord book, uh, a strike cruiser strikes the planet after uh, being scuttled in orbit. And continents away, the Night Lords can see a flash in the distance, and they, they know that that's the ship hitting the Earth and exploding. It's a bad time. It but is a bad time. We were talking about cruisers. So, like Stephen said, heavy cruisers, cruisers, and light cruisers. Um, a cruiser in Battlefleet Gothic, the game, will be kind of your standard unit. You'll always have, almost always have, at least a couple of just bog-standard cruisers to go around doing the thing. And the reason <laughs> the tactical for that squad is, of space. Uh, is they can do a little bit of everything. So in Battlefleet Gothic, um, there's kind of four main ways you kill your opponent. One is weapons batteries, uh, which cover a whole range of weapons depending on the ship, from you know, plasma guns that are the size of friggin' titans, to macro cannon that throw the equivalent of Volkswagen buses at like 0.9 C, um, whole bunch of stuff. We'll get into that in a later episode, maybe. Uh, then there are lances, which are your kind of standard giant laser, uh, torpedoes, which, as I said before, are about you know ICBM size, about 200 feet long, and attack craft, so your various like fighters and bombers that come out of carriers. A cruiser can have any or all of those in about any configuration you want. Um, mm -hmm. There's something for everybody. The way Battlefleet Gothic works is there's kind of, you have a cruiser and then depending on the weapons it has, will give you the individual types of cruiser. Like uh, for example, the lunar class, which is sort of the workhorse Imperial cruiser. Um, they have eight hull points standard, uh, six torpedoes out the front, two lances to either side and then a weapons battery on either side as well. That's a lunar. Uh, you know, meanwhile, the, the Gothic the class, yeah, yeah, or something like the Gothic class, all the same stats as the lunar, but instead of weapons batteries, it has two more lances. So you can kind of play mix and match. Mm -hmm. And you can squadron them as well, um, which is generally the favored tactic for making sure that you have, because you can't just hope to just chuck weapons batteries at a ship until it dies. It's a really inefficient way to do things. Same thing for lances. 
Although you can generally just bombard something with torpedoes until it stops existing. Most of the most ships have some sort of uh, variety in their armament. Uh, like Austin said, the Gothic class, the, the Lunar class, has weapons, batteries, and lances, which makes it a good, versatile ship killer because it can pound with lances and then it can do or with weapons, batteries, and then it's got the lances to kind of pick off those last couple of hull points to get a kill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, heavy cruisers are more or less exactly the same as regular cruisers. The big difference for the Imperial ones, though, is uh, they'll generally have a couple of lances on top. Uh, which are normally also, and also have a bit longer range weaponry. Um, so kind of the standard weapons loadout, like, uh, let's take the Mars, the Mars-class battlecruiser. It has the exact same weapons as the Dictator class. They're both kind of carriers that have some weapons batteries attached. The difference is, the Mars, the weapons batteries are about 15 centimeters longer range, and it's got some lances on top. And obviously is a bit more expensive for that. Now, light cruisers, completely different ships. Um, Cruisers and heavy cruisers both only have eight hull points. Light cruisers go down to six hull points. Uh, And some of them even go down to like four. Yeah, there's some real, real light cruisers. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They're generally less well-armored than regular cruisers. And while cruisers in-game are kind of the things that you want to just kind of go pound the other guy's ships. You don't want people shooting at your light cruisers, because they're going to die. That being said, they still have a crew of like ten or 12,000. Like, they're still big ships. Yeah, even the smallest ships in this setting still dwarf any terrestrial vehicle on our planet today. Yeah, it gets sort of ridiculous, like we've been saying. Um... But light cruisers are a lot of fun. I, uh, Stephen mentioned earlier the Dauntless class light cruiser that's probably the most ubiquitous, right? Uh, it's got some weapons batteries. It's got some lances. It's real fast. The biggest thing about them uh, is the turning radius. So everything we've talked about so far, cruisers, heavy cruisers, battleships, can only turn in a 45-degree arc once. Once a turn. That doesn't get you a lot of places, especially if you're somebody who's played... Adeptus Titanicus, and has tried having like a Warlord Titan turn around, takes a long time. The Dauntlesses, though, not only are they faster than their Imperial Cruiser Big Brothers, but they also have a 90-degree turn, which is amazing. You can just kind they of can turn on a space around. dime. Well, they're just as maneuverable as all the little piddly one-hit ships uh, that make up the escort classes. But... Uh, yeah, a little, if, more, uh, a little more heft to them. Yeah, if a grand cruiser is a is a halfway point between a battleship and a cruiser, then it's a light cruiser is a more cruiser end halfway point between a cruiser and our next class of es- uh, vehicle, the escort. Um, escort is generally kind of a catch-all term for just the smallest types of ships that are still warp capable, um, and they they have a whole bunch of different uses, just like cruisers. Uh, Some of them are little picket ships. Some of them are destroyers, which despite being real small, pack a whole lot of firepower. Uh, And when squadroned up are ship killers. Uh, You've got tiny little warp runners and fire ships that just run towards the enemy and explode. 
Um, anything that's not a cruiser, grand cruiser, or battleship is probably an escort. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, so during the heresy, like these, these are the tiny ones. They're normally like max end, about two kilometers long. Small end, a little less than one kilometer, uh, which again is still real big. Um, but they die like flies when the big ships are out. Yeah, um, compared to uh, a broadside from a retribution class battleship, escorts are just going to disappear. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, let's go back to that lunar, right? We said it had a couple of lances, it has six weapons batteries, it fires both of those on each side. It's real nasty. The sword class frigate, on the other hand, four weapons battery. That's it. That's all it has. And it's kind of well-armed for an escort. And one hull point. <laughs> and one hull point, which is really the important thing, is that most, like, all your capital ships, capital ships being anything that's not an escort, uh, can take quite a pounding before they go down. Like, if you get down to a game where it's one cruiser versus one cruiser, just, like, parallel to each other and firing... That could take quite a while before one of them actually dies. Mm-hmm. Swap out for like escort on escort or escorts on cruiser. The escorts are going to be dropping like flies regardless. Um, they all, almost always only have one shield. They always have one hull point. So two hits. That's it. Poof. Gone. Yep. So why bring them? Well, it helps that they are super fast compared to their, and super hard to hit, compared to their larger cousins. Um, Escorts generally occupy the far right end of what's called the gunnery table, um, which if your lance battery is is a giant laser, think of it like a rifle, uh, your weapons batteries are closer to a shotgun. So the farther the target away, the farther away the target is, the less likely you are to actually do a whole bunch of damage to it, or at least the amount of damage that you want to do. Um, Escorts are just ridiculously small where it comes to actually hitting them. Um, Because again, as Austin said, 30 centimeters is roughly the standard engagement solution for a weapons battery, and it's the distance between the Earth and the Moon, give or take. Uh, You can't actually see your target at that distance you are these battles are taking place outside of visual range and you're shooting at signals and energy flares and shield signatures so you kind of just have a general idea of where an escort is and you're just blanketing the area with fire in the hope that you'll hit it nine times out of ten you won't Mm -hmm. but you only need that one tenth of a time to make a frigate or a destroyer have a really bad day And we all know that something that is only supposed to happen 10% of the time will happen 70% of the time. It's true. Statistics is a lie. Uh Uh-huh. It's all made up. The other fun thing. So we talked about squadrons just like very briefly early on. Um, Escorts always come in squadrons. You'll never be able to take just one escort because one escort is meaningless. Um, So you'll take them between groups of two to six. And you can mix and match, which is fun. So, like, you know, the sword, which I was saying, only has weapons batteries. Well, maybe you like some lances in there. Throw a couple of firestorms in the squadron, 
and suddenly, like, you have as much firepower as a battleship. And that can turn 90 degrees and is real fast and kind of hard to hit. The problem is that whereas a battleship, until it's been beat to crap, will fire at full strength the entire time, once you start taking losses in those escorts, the firepower starts going down because ships have been exploded. Exploding tends to have a negative effect on your outgoing firepower. Mm -hmm. Also, interestingly enough, um, so in Battlefleet Gothic, in the 41st millennium, escort crews are considered to be the most experienced because they're the ones that are doing the most work, right? In 40k, a battleship you know, is above a planet somewhere unless something that needs a battleship shows up, and then it goes out. So they might only fight in a big engagement a couple of times a year at best. Meanwhile, the destroyers and swords and all that are constantly rooting out pirates and escorting convoys and all sorts of stuff. Now, in the heresy, that's almost exactly the opposite. Um, the battleships and cruisers and the big big boys are you know, at the forefront of the Great Crusade, and then later in the Horus Heresy, there's always a need for a squadron of battleships to be somewhere murdering people. They're always doing work and always in the fight. Whereas escorts, they got a real low life expectancy in a big fight. So even though they're there, they're not there long enough to really gain experience from it. Um, or they're off doing all the other escorty things like, you know, escorting transports that aren't being hit by pirates because it's the Great Crusade and shit hasn't gone, well, to shit yet. Yeah. It bears noting uh, that the if you're familiar with Battlefleet Gothic and the four battleships in Battlefleet Gothic or the five battleships in Battlefleet Armageddon or whatever, what have you, um, the Imperial Navy is a fraction of what the expeditionary fleet's used to be. Uh, and that's because prior to this time, during the Great Crusade, these giant ships were going out and doing cool giant ship stuff, and they would fight alien ships. They'd fight orcs, they'd fight Eldar, they'd fight Thrall, whatever. But for the most part, until the heresy, the idea that vessels this big would have to fight each other was almost unheard of. And how to do it kind of had to be developed in the moment, and a whole lot of ships exploded while they were figuring it out. Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, the Imperium, just like the Imperium never really had to fight anything as nasty as a space marine on an individual basis, so too did it very, very rarely have to fight anything like, you know, hey, this seven-mile-long ship in space. So they were just going through and wrecking face, and then the heresy breaks out, and suddenly these tactics, which were specifically designed for I have, like, you know, ten of the biggest, nastiest things ever to exist, so I'm just going to run at the enemy with them because they can't possibly stand against me. Doesn't work because the enemy also has ten of them, and by the end of the fight, there is one of them where there used to be twenty. Yeah. Um, I had, and there was something I was going to say as an addition to that, and it's completely left my head. Uh, but it was it was largely, largely that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the idea that anyone would have to fight a, sh a battleship that's 24 miles long was just what? Yeah. yeah. Oh, happen. I know what it that was. It was. Years. Yeah, it was. Uh, 
it was the fact that, like Austin said, they kind of just run at things previously because there was nothing even comparable in size. Like, a lot of pre-compliant human civilizations, they're quote-unquote battleships, space dreadnoughts, whatever you want to call them, were escort-sized. Yeah, it... Uh... So when when a traitor... When a trader battle barge or a trader heavy cruiser shows up in orbit around a loyal system, they have no means of defense except another battle barge or another heavy cruiser. So it definitely stood to reason that these things are just dropping like flies, exploding in the most pretty explosions you've ever seen, because when two things meet, one of them has to die. Assuming they're not on the same side. Yeah, I mean, to put it into perspective... We'll, we'll go to the the ever-fun Star Wars to 40K comparison. An Imperial Star Destroyer from Star Wars is 1,600 meters long, which makes it about a kilometer and a half, which means it is right in the mid-range of escorts in the Imperial Navy. Yeah, so and those things even, are supposed to be planet killers. Yeah, so even a like pretty put-together human empire that might have, you know a couple of systems or a couple dozen systems and these great technological monstrosities is just getting the shit kicked out of it. The second the battleship squadron shows up, it wouldn't uh-huh. need to be fancier than run at things and kill them. It's true. Tactics are for people that don't have overwhelming superiority. <laughs> you don't believe me? Go watch uh, the last samurai. Well, Those machine true. gun Gatlings, they weren't using tactics. They were just machine gunning folk. They're just going left to right. You know how it is. Yep, yep. 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 So I think that's everything bit, for ship classes, yeah, though. that's everything for ship classes. Um, for building a list, because I know that there are probably people that are listening to this that are like, hey, I heard about Battlefleet Gothic or Battlefleet Heresy from somewhere. What's, what's a good fleet? Um, so the game maxes out at about 2,000 points. That's real big. You can go bigger by all means. Um, but don't think it's going to be like an apocalypse game because it just gets so much crazier than that. On the small side... Battlefleet Gothic, it, it expands exponentially as the points go up uh, mm-hmm. because of the ordinance phase. So if you're one of those crazy people that wants to just jump in and do something huge, beware. Playing at 2,000 points, you basically have a smaller, slower game of Battlefleet Gothic at the end of every turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and remember, for those of you that do like big, massive games, uh, if you've got a battleship and three cruisers and some escort squadrons, that's half a million people. Like, easily, half a million people fighting and dying at your command. So, that's cool. Um, But yeah, so, big game, 2,000 points. Small game, uh, it varies. Battlefleet Gothic really likes asymmetrical games, so, like... A small fleet, we usually say aim for 500 or 750 if you're just starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes you'll play a mission where one person will only get half of that, which might just be like a cruiser or a squadron of escorts, Yeah, uh, which is fun. But generally speaking, if you're just starting out, two or three cruisers and a squadron of escorts, whatever variety you want, and before be you about... get wild, though, remember, well, or be aware, I guess, uh, heavy cruisers and battle cruisers are comparatively rarer 
to standard cruisers. So you have to have two regular cruisers before you can take one of the big boy cruisers. Yes, that is an important thing to note. Um, additionally, battleships, you can only have one of those for every three cruisers or battle cruisers. So if you want a battleship... And per 1,000 points. And per 1,000 points. Um, but really, by the time you have three cruisers and a battleship, it's, you're, you're getting right up against 1,000 anyway. Um, but yeah, so you'll have two cruisers, and then you can take your battle cruiser, and then you can take your battleship. It's fun. But if you want to save on points, you can take three light cruisers and take a battle barge or battleship of some kind and just go hog wild. It's exciting. There's no limits on escorts. You can have a billion of them. And bear in mind that because one of the questions we get the most frequently when it comes to building um, a fleet is what's good? What's a good ship? Well, one of the nice things about Battlefleet Gothic is that there are no bad ships. There are some ships that are less efficient than others. In fact, most of the Grand Cruisers, despite having maximum style points, um, are a little less point cost effective than just regular cruisers or heavy cruisers. Uh, but that being said, uh, there are no... Just about everything you can take in a Battlefleet Gothic list has a use and can be used effectively. You have, you'll have to learn. You know, There's a learning curve to it. But don't be afraid of buying... You know whatever you can find, and then, oh, well, this ship's not actually that great. No, it's good. You just got to get good. <laughs> yeah, there's also a huge array of missions for Battlefleet Gothic that drastically change what you want to do for the game. So, for example, Planetary Assault. Actually, this should probably be a whole other episode, shouldn't it? Minutes? We got another, like, what, ten minutes? Five minutes? Yeah. So just briefly, then, um, you can have a mission like Planetary Assault, which is essentially a battering ram. Right, the attacker has to get to the planet. The defenders try to stop them from getting to the planet. You're gonna hit each other. It's gonna be a bloodbath. There are some ships that are really good at that, that don't have to, you know, be super maneuverable. That just kind of go in and get stuck in and blow things to hell. Then there are missions like blockade run, where you don't know where the enemy is going to set up. All you know is that they're trying to get to the other side of the table, and you have to stop them. At that point. You know that as the defender that's holding the blockade, you have twice as many points as the person trying to get by. So you don't really need to have like a big, nasty battleship that will just murder anything one-on-one. -on -one. You want something that's fast that can get to wherever the enemy happens to be trying to run. So, yeah, there are some ships that aren't technically like as good for points as others, but that'll change mission to mission. Something else to think of. Yep. You um you could take a big huge Styx class carrier in um you know like uh, planetary assault or exterminatus but it's going to it's not going to be as effective as it might be in fleet engagement where it's two lines meeting and now you have to pull out all the tricks. Yeah. So yeah, just get whatever makes you happy. That's that's our goal. Although, as you build a bigger fleet, you want to have at least one carrier in there, just because torpedoes are a bitch if you don't have fighter cover. Yep, if you can't bring a big carrier, which is to say a battleship carrier, uh, a heavy carrier, then take two smaller carriers. Mm -hmm. Or even a couple of small ones. Uh, there are some that only launch like one or two squadrons of attack craft a turn. 
but sometimes it's all you need. Oh, real briefly, let's talk about attack craft. Um, so when we say attack craft, that's just sort of anything that comes out of a carrier, right? So it's fighters, bombers, assault boats, things like Dreadclaws, uh, Thunderhawks, and the vast and impenetrable array of fighters and bombers that were used during the Horus Heresy. Um, I'm not even sure I've heard... So in, in Battlefleet Gothic, the game, and in 40k, there's the Fury Interceptor, the Starhawk Bomber for the Imperials, and then the Doomfire Bomber and Swift Death Fighter for Chaos. That's what everybody uses. Go. I'm not sure I've heard either any of those names in uh, Battlefleet in, in the Horus Heresy. No, they're just kind of generally... Uh, Path of Heaven has has some fighters, but they're Xiphons. Yeah. And those are launched from an Astarte strike cruiser. Yeah. And a couple of other... like There's been mentions of fighters and bombers. They just haven't been what, like me as a long-time Battlefleet Gothic player, think of as like, the iconic attack craft. Yeah, nothing that we're familiar with. Yeah, because they get crazy. Like, you have a Ziffin. That's, you know, everybody knows what a Ziffin is. It's a fun space marine fighter. Um, but they get kind of crazy. Like a Fury Interceptor, which is the standard fighter for 40k, has a crew of, I want to say, four. And have tons of Lazcan and all that. And they're just, like, launched by the dozen into the void. And they're roughly the size of, like, bigger than a Marauder Bomber. And then the Starhawk bomber is so big, it's got, like, a couple of bunks and, like, a toilet because they could be out for, like, a day or two conducting yeah, it's their bigger. Mission. It's a Starhawk bomber is bigger than any spacecraft currently uh, ever used by humanity. Yeah, gets crazy. Uh, and then the assault boats, you know, Dreadclaws, stuff that just hits the enemy, dumps out 100 Screaming Mortals or a squad of Space Marines and uh, conducts hit-and-run attacks to try and shut down enemy weapons. And we like them. We're definitely going to talk about them more later, but that's just when we say attack craft. Indeed. That's what we mean. Uh, if we say ordnance, that also encompasses torpedoes, because turrets, which are the quote-unquote small weapons... Yeah, they're handle, still Icarus las cannons. <laughs> yeah, Icarus las cannons are like the low end of that. Um, the turrets are firing at attack craft and bombers, or and torpedoes, and that's all ordnance. Mm-hmm. And we'll get into more of that in detail with, with later episodes. We'll probably have an entire episode devoted just to ordnance and all the fun things that go along with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love for now. carriers. Yeah, oh, I know. I know. Carriers and torpedoes. They win games. They, they win do. wars. Wind wars, but I think that's really wars, all we've got for uh, for this inaugural episode. Yeah, that's sort of an overview of yeah. the various ship classes, what you want out of life, basic So uses. I reckon, um, I actually reckon ordnance, attack craft, is probably a, a good thing to use for next episode. So stay yeah, tuned and we'll talk about time. attack yeah. craft. If, yep. uh, if people want to take a look at these uh, rules and things and want to dig deeper, where should they go? Uh, but geez, whatever our website is called, fuck. Uh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> RR30K.com. Right, let, me, let me start that over. Let me just, we're going to cut yeah, that out. Make a note. We'll edit this part out. Steven dropped the ball. <laughs> if you're interested. R-R-30K.com. 
forward slash the Battlefleet Heresy Compendium. Yep. There you'll find all the rules that we use here to play uh, Horse Heresy Battlefleet Gothic. And uh, you can leave comments. You can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at RR30K Podcast, on Instagram at Remembrancers slash Retreat. And uh, yeah, so. If you, you have all... a question, you can actually call us and leave a voice message. 1929 for... Heresy 1 on the Google Voicemail. Yep. If you want to use uh, all the mo- the modern marvels of technology while NurgleCon is in full swing. <laughs> all right. Uh, but this has been Lost Transmissions. The pilot. The pilot. And uh, no pun intended. Uh, but I guess we'll episode. see you all. <laughs> ah, that's better. Steersman episode. I guess we'll uh, see you all next time. And uh, as Jesse usually says, keep those dice rolling. No, you need a new one. Oh, God, no! Uh, why can't I just ride on your coattails? Fly high, boys. Uh, right, well, you better just... find something better than that. Good hunting. Gonna stick that way. Good hunting. Yeah, that should have been should have been that foremost been on my mind. Yeah, yep. should have been. Here Good hunting, are. listeners. Good hunting. <laughs>